Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast slash video, although I'm just doing uh, audio this week. There's no video this week. A little program that I like to put together where I like to talk about all things investing, talk about, uh, share some of my uh, observations about what's going on in the market, share some other people's observations about what's going on in the market, people I uh, think have a lot of good things to say about stocks and things that we can learn from uh, to make us better investors, and to also share with you sort of my some of my decision-making that I'm putting into in terms of how I evaluate uh, investment opportunities, how I evaluate stocks or ETFs, bonds, mutual funds. Um, really, the goal here is just to share with you that kind of thought process uh, in terms of how I go about making investment decisions, so that you can ultimately take some of this information and some of this, uh, some of these processes and ideas, and kind of maybe bring them back into your uh, personal uh, investing uh, practices. So my name is Amon Reina, and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I do is I help people who want to become more financially independent. But the problem is a lot of people, when they want to get into investing, they get really frustrated by it. They get intimidated by it. They get confused by it. Either they don't know where to start if they just want to get into investing, or uh, I work with people who have been investing for a long time, but just aren't seeing the type of traction and uh, development in their portfolios that they'd like to see. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with them on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can improve their chances of achieving a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and achieve it with confidence. So this is uh, episode 95 and this week I really want to talk to you about, uh, I came across this article a while back and I've kind of just had it in my uh, inbox and I've kind of wanted to talk about it for a while but it just so many other things are just getting in the way and I thought uh, eventually I knew I was going to get to it, but I thought, okay, this week I'm going to get to it. Um, I came across this article and when I read the title, it kind of was like, oh God, another one of these little pile on things. And, uh, so the article is called why young people make terrible investment decisions. And I thought, oh, here we go. Here's another, uh, you know, pile on, on the younger generation. The, you know, millennial demographic, uh, you know, talking about how they pretty much don't know anything or just a bunch of dum-dums and uh, have no clue how to invest and like the rest of us. Uh, And so I thought it was just going to be another pylon job. So I went through the article and I thought there were some things uh, that kind of jumped out at me and I thought I I really, I think they're really important and I want to share it with you because I think I want to just kind of... um, you know, offer some takes on this because I think a lot of, uh, I think what they're trying to, where they were trying, I think it was just really, you know, to catch people's attention. But there's a lot of interesting concepts, I think, that apply not just to younger people, but apply to anybody uh, who is investing. So the premise is it's, the article kind of goes, it's based on uh, a research study that was done by Yosef uh, uh, Bonaparte, who is a professor of finance at the University of Colorado at Boulder. Now, the premise of Mr. Bonaparte's article uh, comes is based on the premise that young people, and more specifically, young people who are investing and who happen to be not very experienced in, in investing, tend to be very overconfident 
when they're starting out investing. Like they kind of know what they're doing, kind of they feel like they know what they're doing. And ultimately, that overconfidence is going to feed into making some bad investment decisions, bad, making some decisions that are just not going to pan out. You know, the classic example we can think of is, is Snapchat, um, which I've talked about quite a bit in the last while. Uh, you know, when Snapchat IPO'd, uh, I saw so many articles out there about how the millennials are just piling into Snapchat because it's the thing, they're using it, and they piled into this thing, and it IPO'd and went up for a little bit, but now it's actually way, it's almost half the value or whatever of its IPO, it's like $13. And I think an article like this is kind of just kind of attaching itself to that kind of behavior um, that kind of reinforces this uh, belief or the stereotype that you know uh, millennials don't know what the hell they're doing with, with respect to investing. I think that this is kind of where that's coming from. Um, so that's kind of exhibit A, I guess. And by doing that, that's a generalization is made. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to address that generalization. So over time, when people, younger people, start investing, they get really overconfident. They kind of know what they're doing and end up making bad decisions. And as they start making bad decisions, that confidence level kind of starts to get chipped away. And they tend to become, according to Mr. Bonaparte, uh, more risk averse. And ultimately, from an emotional perspective, um, a behavioral perspective, they tend to become more pessimistic and more critical. And I'll even go another level saying more jaded. And the type of people I've worked with as an investment coach exhibit a lot of these kind of behaviors. So. Um, he goes on to say, um, and I quote, uh, the first 20 years of investing, in the first 20 years of investing, the more investors gain experience, the more likely they are going to lose their confidence. And he goes on to further say, quote, after getting the experience, which I guess is getting the experience of losing money, they get overconfident again. And... After going through a period of taking less risk, they start to take more risk. And ultimately over time, a whole desensitization kind of effect kind of happens. So really, this is he's trying to speak to some behavioral aspects. He's basically saying, you know, when you're in your younger years, chances are you're gonna make crappy investment decisions. And a lot of times is he kind of goes back and tries to figure out why we do that. And he kind of traces some things to some behaviors that we exhibit, not from an investing perspective, but from a, a life perspective in that whenever we experience really bad things in our lives, you know, something happening in our family, something happening at work, something happening in our relationships, whatever, um, we tend to overreact to those decisions. We tend to uh, want to do something about those decisions. And what happens is those bad events "Quote unquote bad events tend to really linger in our in our in our psyche, in our in our behavior, and how we carry ourselves through life, and you know how we how we deal with things." And he says, "Quote: People tend to bat remember bad decisions more than good events." And so he brings it into the investing domain. So you can have invest an investor who's made some really good investment decisions, bought a few stocks or ETFs that have performed really well for them, but they made that one fateful bad decision. And what people, instead of doing, is dwelling on the good stuff that they're doing, they're actually focused on the bad stuff that they tend to hang on the bad decisions that they're making. Now, at, well, at, a, at a certain level, I really don't disagree with anything he's saying. I, I, at a certain level, I think you're right. I think when you get overconfident, you do kind of 
ego. Ego is always uh, is an emotional aspect and it can always cloud our judgment when we're making investment decisions. Um, emotions are definitely a factor in terms of how we frame and deal and can have a real impact on how we deal with investment decisions. And so what I get out of this, and this is kind of, this is my take on this. And I don't know why he's, uh, you know, he's focusing exclusively on, you know, how we behave and how we deal with, make decisions in our younger years. And the reality is, um, I don't think making bad investment decisions is, is exclusively the domain of just being young. Just because you're a millennial, is not, it's not the default that you're gonna make bad decisions. Guess what, when I'm in your 30s, and when you're in your 40s, and when you're 50s, and when you're 60s, and when you're close to 100, you're gonna make bad investment decisions. There is no, I don't, I really don't believe bad investment decisions are, perp, are purposely the domain of, of youth and specifically of inexperience. Um, and what the article is, and this is the part that kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, was just it kind of, it's sort of a resignation that, you know what, if you're young, that's it. You might, you're just resigned to, you know what, you're just gonna make bad decisions and you know, you might as well just, you know, not even bother. And it's interesting because his solutions in terms of how to deal with this are interesting. And he's saying, you know what, and, there, and I kind of agree at a certain level in that he suggests, Mr. Bonaparte suggests that we adopt more buy and hold kind of strategies uh, and don't trade and don't try to figure out the minutia of the investment of the products that we're investing in. Just engage in a broadly diversified portfolio, which we've heard a lot of times, which I've said a lot of times. Um, and mainly for the perspective is that it's gonna, whatever the bad things that do happen, you kind of ignore them, you ignore, they're essentially noise, and it kind of forces you to just ignore the noise. And ultimately over the long term, these bad phases that you're gonna go through, you're gonna get through them a lot better, and your portfolio is gonna grow ultimately off that, and you're gonna be better off from it. So that his solution to dealing with these inexperience and making bad decisions in our youth is just to say, essentially take a very passive approach, just get in the market and don't even worry about it and forget it and go away. Uh, and again, I there is some truth into that. I don't disagree totally um, with that. Um, but I just find it just interesting that it's sort of like a default. You're young, therefore you're gonna suck at investing. And I don't think that's the case. I think anybody can do this. I really feel strongly that anybody can make really good investment decisions. And I think anybody uh, can make really successful investment decisions. And it doesn't matter what age you are. I think um, anybody can do this. Um, and it's, and it really comes down to, and the reason why I believe that is I believe that the people that are really good at investing, and I say this a lot, uh, and I say this a lot in terms of what I do, and it, it feeds a lot into the work that I do as an investment coach, is is building competencies and building some core competencies of successful investors. And a lot, and those three ones, and I call them the triple E, is if you're educated, in terms of educated, in terms of having a basic understanding of some of the behavioral aspects and some of the mechanical aspects of making investment decisions, if you're engaged in the process of making decisions, which means you're practicing, you're, you're involved in terms of what products that you're using, stocks, bonds, ETFs, you know exactly what kind of products you're, you're putting into your portfolio that you're putting your money to work on, and you're practicing doing that and you're engaged in that process, 
ultimately you're going to be comp you're going to make better decisions and uh, you're going to be more confident decisions you're going to make more empowered decisions not necessarily you're going to become overconfident like mr bonaparte is talking about you're going to become more confident and you're going to be more settled within yourself in terms of how you're making those decisions and that's much more powerful uh, and that's you're going to yield you way, way better results and that's what i do as an investment coach is ultimately i'm trying to build people's competencies in these areas i teach people the mechanics i teach people the behavioral being more aware of these biases out there that can screw with our investment decisions and ultimately it yields to empowerment and i help people practice and so i just find this kind of focus on the young people, the younger generation, um, and kind of that piling on kind of mentality to be really, I think it's just not there. I think people at all ages are capable, are susceptible to making bad decisions. And it's not susceptible, we will make bad decisions. You can count on it. You can count on, you can have all the education and practice it. You're still gonna make bad decisions. The question is how do you deal with making those bad decisions? Do you just sort of, let emotions drive it and the whole concept of loss aversion and letting you getting you down and making you dwell on that bad decision or do you have techniques and processes and mechanisms for you to manage those losses and manage those bad decisions in a better way and that's the part i think um, he doesn't really get into but i think it is a critical element and it's a part of an element that i teach people how to be uh, more aware of it so it's interesting he talks about uh, you know bad events creating uh, um, um, you're talking about people remembering bad events over remembering their bad decisions that they made more than they remember their good decisions made. And it feeds into kind of some of these behavioral biases that I teach and I try to get people to be more aware of like recency bias, um, anchoring to a specific message and you know, this whole loss aversion kind of thing. We dwell a lot more on our losses and we try to do, we try to double down in terms of improving our losses. So I just wanted to share this with you because I see these articles out there and it's so easy, you know, especially I'm really speaking to the younger crowd out there who are listening in and, you know, just don't get beaten down when you see these kind of posts. Um, you know, when I see these kind of articles saying like, you know, if you're young, then your chances are gonna make uh, really crappy investment decisions. No, I think you're just as more capable of making great investment decisions as anybody else. And even more so than people that have been investing for 20, 30, 40 years, you could, you could more than just, just as well as anyone hold your own on these type of things. And, uh, but the key is, is really making a decision to kind of educate, invest the time to educate yourself, to learn about investing and to practice. Even if you're gonna just buy a whole bunch of passive ETFs, you still need to be engaged in the process of what's going on with those ETFs, how the market's behaving, how those can influence potential and future investment opportunities. And then if those ETFs and those passive investments aren't yielding the, the returns that you're looking for or you're losing money on them, how do you manage those losses? And so you have to be engaged in, in really that whole process. And that feeds into a lot of the work that I do as an investment coach. As, as I said, I develop these competencies. And especially for people who are just starting out investing, who are more in the younger crowd, it's all about, I believe more it's about finding your investing path. Because people who want to start, I feel see so many times people who want to get into investing, they're, you know, Mr. Bonaparte says they're overconfident. I think they're just motivated and I think they're more engaged at that time. But because of the lack of education maybe, or just the lack of practice, they tend to 
fall into a rut and start making bad decisions. And a lot of time it's not because they just made bad decisions. It's about, they, are they really on the right investing path? If it's somebody who doesn't have a lot of time to devote to practicing investing, but they want to get into the market, well, they shouldn't be going out buying individual stocks like Snapchat or Facebook or whatever. They should be buying just a nice basket of very generic uh, ETFs and holding those th uh, those type of products, uh, giving them broad exposure to, to stocks and holding those for a long period of time. But you need to make sure you're on that path. So if you're interested out there, I do have a program that I created. Um, if you're just starting out investing, it's a really quick and cheap and easy way to kind of really get some focus in terms of what you want to do as an investor and what your goals are. And if you go on my website, sageinvestors.ca, you can get some information. If you go to the work with me page, there's a whole broad overview of the of the of this pro of this coaching program that I've developed, and it's basically called finding your investing path and uh, just getting you on the right investing path. Should you be investing in individual stocks? Should you be investing in just more passive ETFs? This program is a quick and dirty way where I kind of we kind of get through all the garbage and say this is what you need to be doing, and this is how you start doing it, and this is how you get on your path, and ultimately get you on a path to that's going to avoid you from making a lot of these supposed mistakes that Mr. Bonaparte says many people in the younger generation are prone to do. So it's just something I thought I'd share with you. Um, it's just I see a lot of these type of articles out there that are trying to kind of poo-poo the younger generation and I think it's not true and I think the younger generation has more capabilities and motivations and engagement uh, to learn about investing and to make successful investing decisions just as much as anybody else uh, out there. And it's just a matter of, of developing these, these core competencies that I talk about, these triple E competencies. So that's all I, uh, that's all I wanna say about that. Um, just looking at here if I got any announcements. I do have an uh, announcement. Uh, if you haven't been uh, paying attention, um, I've just started recently, I just, I've done a few episodes already. Um, if you have any you know, specific questions that you want to ask me, uh, you want to try and figure out about investing in terms of some investing concepts or specific stocks or companies or ETFs that you're looking at and trying to figure out if they're kind of worth investing in or kind of suitable for your portfolio and your situation. Um, what I'm doing now is I've got a Facebook account, a Facebook page. Uh, called Sage Investors, and every Wednesday evening between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m., I'm just I just jump on Facebook Live and I just basically sit there and talk about investing, and I call it Stock Talk Live um, because it's basically a kind of a the next level of this podcast, except I'm just doing it live and I'm kind of available and it's you know ad hoc kind of thing. But basically, you know what? If you have questions about investing. Feel free to jump on there uh, on, on Facebook Live. Uh, just look for me through Sage Investors and just drop a question and I'll try my best to try to fill in some blanks for you. So I'm on there every Wednesday. I'm trying to make it a point to be on there every Wednesday evening from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, just ask away, don't be shy. Um, it costs you nothing and there's no pitch. It's a no spin zone and it's just, I'm just on there talking about investing because you know what? I, just, I love talking about this stuff. It's, you know, uh, I mean, I'm able to just jump on here and do a podcast on here now and it's not even a big deal anymore. I can just, because I just love talking about this stuff and I'm really passionate. I'm really, I really believe in, in that anybody can be really a, a really successful investor. And so I hope to try to share with you what I know about it 
and hopefully you can take it away, take away some stuff and apply it to your learning and make yourself a better investor. So again, that's Stock Talk Live. It's on Facebook Live. I'm on there between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. Uh, just do a search for my Facebook page, which is Sage Investors, and jump aboard. And if you can't make it, I do record the episode so you can catch the replay of it on my Facebook page and go from there. So if you can't make it on my Facebook page, but you still want to uh, ask questions about my, my investment coaching uh, practice or some of the courses that I teach in investing, or you just want to learn some stuff, want to do some coaching kind of stuff, uh, you can go to my website, sageinvestors.ca. All kinds of information, blogs, posts, videos, all kinds of stuff there. I also publish a weekly email newsletter that I send out every Wednesday morning, um, just updating people on new stuff that I have on my site, as well as just sharing with, uh, some interesting articles I'm reading in real time that I'm actually using uh, to help frame my investment decisions. And so I thought if I'm using them, I wanna share them with you. So if you wanna get on that uh, newsletter email list, just uh, go to my uh, webpage on the homepage, sageinvestors.ca. There's just a place where you drop your email uh, address and then I get you on my list. And then every Wednesday morning when you wake up and you're on your way to work, boom, it's in your inbox and uh, you can catch up uh, with some of the stuff that I'm seeing uh, what's going on in the market. Uh, I'm also, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter. My, uh, tag, my tag is, uh, handle is at Sage Investors. I'm on there all the time doing the same thing, uh, tweeting about things I'm seeing, things uh, I'm observing from other people uh, in terms of their observations on the market and also tweeting stuff that I'm seeing in the market and also tweeting uh, my own investment decisions in real time. So when I buy a stock or sell a stock or buy an ETF or sell an ETF, I tweet it out in real time so you can actually track uh, what I'm doing, if you follow hashtag trade2017, trades2017, um, you can see all my investment decisions that I've made so far this year. So if you're into that, just uh, follow me through there. So that's all I got for you this week. Um, this has been another episode of Stock Talk. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find um, past podcasts on my website, sageinvestors.ca, or you can go on iTunes. All my previous episodes are all on iTunes, so you can subscribe, like away, leave some comments, uh, and uh, you know, enjoy. Uh, thank you so much again for taking the time to listen. And uh, My name is Amon Reina from Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.